You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. Meet more sharp robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080 The Fan. Jeff Bridges came up in conversation yesterday. I was out with Buddy, and um, we were talking about the Marvel movies. And he was like, I really hated the second Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was like, don't you talk bad about Jeff Bridges. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't really care for the second Guardians of the Galaxy either. Well, I was a, okay. lot of, a lot of people didn't. But yeah, that was okay. But just the you know whole like yeah, evil dad story thing. Um, anyway, uh, hour two here. We uh, we will get to hate it or love it at ten thirty and a little NBA uh, scheduling change idea from Hawks CEO coming up next. But I wanted to spend a little bit of time because this story came out this week. The Saints are putting a first round tender on restricted free agent quarterback Taysom Hill. That means that they can, uh, they have the right to match any offer, uh, but if they lose him, they get a first round pick from that team back. So they're, they are valuing Taysom Hill incredibly highly. And there was obviously the talk that their plan is that once Drew Brees retires, which I think most people think is going to be after this season, Taysom Hill will be the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. When I, when I think about this, I sit there and I go, what on earth are you doing, New Orleans? Having watched Taysom Hill play in their little packages, uh, I think he uh, I think he has shown to be an important player on the team. He, he gives them versatility. He gives them variety. But largely, when he's in the game, those plays don't work. He's done, Obviously, he's had success. He's thrown touchdowns. He's run for touchdowns. He's caught, he's caught touchdowns. He, he has had success. But... Watching it frequently, oh, Taysom Hill's in the game. One yard run stuffed up the middle. Oh, Taysom Hill's in the game. Pass over his head. Oh, Taysom Hill's in the game. He throws a ball out of bounds. I just don't think Taysom Hill is that good. And for a team like the Saints, who have been an offensive powerhouse for so long under Sean Payton and have had one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the sport for so long in Drew Brees, when you have Teddy Bridgewater as your backup quarterback and you're deciding to let him go, because you want to go with Taysom Hill, it absolutely blows my mind. Uh, the only thought that gives me any reason to believe it might work is that they're looking at it and saying, this is the new breed of quarterback. Look at what Lamar Jackson is doing in Baltimore. 
uh, with his legs and being able to run first and pass second. Look at what Josh Allen is doing in Buffalo, uh, pushing that team to the playoffs, even though he's not a super skilled passer either. Let's be honest, Taysom Hill is worse than both of them by a lot. So I feel like they're trying to force a square peg into a round hole because Taysom Hill is not that one of not, not one of those players. And it all could be a, sm- a smokescreen, but I don't think it is. If you're putting a first-round tender on him and you're talking about he's your starter in the future, I just don't get it. I really do not understand what they see in Taysom Hill that I don't because what I see is someone who is not good. Someone who is interesting and versatile, but not that good. Yeah, I don't know if I don't want to call him not that good, but if we're bashing guys like Cam Newton and San Cam is uh, shouldn't be a starter, isn't the starter in Carolina, but we're praising someone like Taysom Hill, I, I think there's that's that could be problematic. Because here's the cold part. Taysom Hill is a, a nice Swiss Army knife to have, right? He, like you mentioned, he caught, caught a touchdown. He ran for a couple touchdowns on the season. But, you know, as a starter, when he got into the game against Minnesota, I think it was, then they played him, he went, what, 7 for 15 for 169 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. So, mind you, Taysom Hill is not a young pup. This dude's 29. So his, this, is, this isn't like he's a 22-year-old rookie like Lamar Jackson, a 21-year-old rookie to where, man, I have some time to learn. I'm, hey, man, this is, this is who you are. And if we think that at 30 he's going to be um, all of a sudden just learn how to play quarterback at the highest level and replace a guy like Drew Brees, you're crazy. Because if Drew Brees comes back, which we all think he will, he's, Drew Brees coming back, right? He said he's coming back. For, for this year he is. Yeah. yeah. So that means Taysom Hill's going to be 31 when he becomes the starter, if they indeed decide to keep him, and he becomes a starter in New Orleans, 31. At what point are you looking for your new guy after that? So, I mean, this might just be a placeholder for a year and make sure that, you know, you can get, if he is going to leave, that can at least guarantee that you can get some type of first-round talent back for him. Again, I'm with you. I don't think he's first-round talent worthy, maybe third, you know, something like that, which is still a, a valuable part of any team, but a first round draft pick is something that can change your entire franchise. You know what I mean? That's, that's something that can take you from possibly middle of the road, to the top of the mountain or from you know, the bottom of everything to man, right. in the thick yeah, of things. I'm not sure any team would risk losing a first round pick to sign Taysom Hill. No, that's why I'm like, I don't know. It's, that's it's that's just a, weird. That's a hefty. And maybe you do that because you say, okay, well at least the second round, you know, it gives you a nice bargaining, you know, jump off point. So maybe that's what they're thinking of, but I mean, I'm I, looking at Teddy Bridgewater yeah, like I you. I'm like, looking at Bridgewater and saying, why? Why are you letting him? Why go? isn't he the guy that you're pursuing? You know, why isn't Bridgewater the one? Because outside of that freak injury, Teddy Bridgewater has been a, a solid NFL quarterback. And given the right opportunity, like playing with the coach like Sean Payton, Teddy Bridgewater can be somebody that's capable of winning comeback player of the year, maybe even more. You know, so it's weird that they're going at Taysom Hill and they're just kind of like completely overlooking or stepping right over. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater and saying, man, he's going to be our guy. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I digress. I, I think that they know. I mean, I I think that they know what I think, what I think, and that is that Teddy Bridgewater is fine, but it he is a bridge quarterback, and that they probably, if they're going to have a bridge quarterback, would like to have one with more upside. And when you think about Taysom Hill, there is definitely something he brings with his four four speed an upside and the ability to make that offense more dynamic. Now, uh, is he uh, as good of a passer, pure passer as Teddy Bridgewater? No, but when you have a creative mind like Sean Payton uh, and the ability and the willingness to manipulate your offense, 
um, you can see not necessarily true passers succeed in this league. I mean, you can look as far as, as Tim Tebow, the one year he got to be a starter and actually took a bad team to the playoffs, despite the fact that he was not a good quarterback. He was just a playmaker. And I think if you're going to have a, a bridge quarterback, Bridgewater is not necessarily the guy that gives you the upside that you're going to get from a Taysom Hill. The problem is, though, is that they're talking as if Taysom Hill's the future. And maybe that's just them giving confidence to him or smokescreen or whatever. Taysom Hill's not the future. And, and, He's you not. Know, he might not be. Honestly, though, but I, you, you got to have a little bit more um, faith in Sean Payton. that you know, he, he sees this guy every day in practice, and he has for several years now. Like, he, he they drafted him. They've had him in games. You know, and there is a reason why, you know, like uh, why he wasn't the guy when when Breeze went down. Bridgewater runs the offense more similarly to a guy like Drew Breeze than a guy like Taysom Hill is. Once again, you have to if you're going to have Taysom Hill as your as your quarterback, you have to change and manipulate that offense around what he does well. And you're not going to do that midseason. And that's why a guy like Bridgewater comes in and and kind of not even seamlessly, but kind of kind of holds down the mantle while Drew Brees comes back. You're, if Taysom Hill is the guy, the one thing you're going to see from Sean Payton in his offense is he's going to go in in an offseason. He's going to go, okay, this is what he does well, and he's going to change the entire offense just like they did in Baltimore. And maybe what you're seeing Taysom Hill do right now is not impressive, but maybe with Sean Payton and offense built around him in a whole offseason – I think you you might change your opinion as to whether he could be the guy of the future for that team. I don't know. I look at a Bridgewater and come in, and I just had to look up the stats. Uh, for the time that he stepped in for Drew Brees, uh, 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns, two picks, and a 99.1 quarterback rating. I mean, I'm, not, I'm no genius or anything like that, but that sounds a lot better than Taysom's Hill's only 15 passes in three years that he's had as the backup's backup in – New Orleans. And I understand that, you know, Taysom Hill provides something that not a lot of other teams can do. This almost is kind of like having a Christian McCaffrey type character, not him, but somebody that can, man, you can put him on special teams. If you really wanted to, you can line up a receiver. If you really wanted to, you can have him run that, 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 uh, that uh, RPO, that run pass option. You know, you can put him in the game and do all those things. I think Bridgewater still do the run PO, uh, the RPO, not maybe not as well as Taysom Hill, but again, I look at a dude that can come in, like you said, a seamless kind of transition from Drew Brees to the next. And I think that's what, if you're trying to really rebuild a franchise, you don't want that lull period to where, man, we got to wait for a couple of years. I watch those games with Bridgewater and the, the stats may say one, some say one thing. I, I saw a guy that honestly looked extremely average. I saw a guy that looked middle of the pack as far as a, as a quarterback playmaking upside, not great. You're going to run an RPO with a guy that literally had his leg fold in half while he was uh, untouched in practice? I don't think so. It's it's just uh, it, in the way, like, look at the way that the NFL is moving right now. Traditional quarterbacks, man, they are, not to say that they can't survive, but they are more of a dying breed than than the playmaking quarterback. And when you when you think about it, it's like, do you, do you want a guy that is kind of, this is what he is? Or, and right now you look at a guy in Bridgewater who, probably was more elevated in the fact that you have probably the best receiver in the league. And then you have probably, you know, one of the top four or five running backs in the league. And, you know, just what probably the, 
one of the top three coaches in the league, that's elevated a average quarterback to be good and successful in the league. But when you think about a guy like Sean Payton, he, I guarantee you, is thinking about all the different things that he can do with a guy with Taysom Hill and all the things he can't do with a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. I think your points are valid. I just don't see it. I see him as a gadget player who might have some talent and might be able to win some games for them. I just can't see him taking that next leap. Some of it is age, too. I didn't even consider that as an argument, but he's going to be 30, 31, and you're just going to be starting your career, quote-unquote. It's like there's a lot of things that are just giving me that huge resistance to, to accept that it might work out. Well, both of them are – when you talk about – you know, you're saying that the Saints are talking like he's the future. You just proved that he's not the future. He's He's got – he's – he could be the the Saints quarterback for four or five years, but that gives you time to find the guy who truly is going to be the guy for but then if you're, years. But then if you're building an entire offense around a guy like Taysom Hill, you're, you're kind of pigeonholing yourself are, into... Are you? Well, well, think about all... Well, that's what you just said. You said you wanted to, he's going to rebuild the offense and change the system, and in that sense, you're going to have to bring in unique players that will fit that system. You're going to have to bring in the new style of quarterback that is everywhere. The, the athletic quarterback with a strong arm and able to make plays with his legs, if they're everywhere. If that's what they get, yeah. But So, so they're everywhere. So I, I don't think you'd have to find a new guy after that. We got a break. Uh, let's uh, text your thoughts to the fan text line, 55305. And uh, coming up next, we'll read some of those. Plus, the Hawks CEO has an interesting idea that Rashad loves for the NBA. This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Uh, as if you need more of a reason to prove that I'm an idiot. Uh, it was Kurt Russell in the second Guardians of the Galaxy, not Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges oh, okay. is in the first Iron Man. Oh, okay. Yes, Jeff, he's the bad guy in the first Iron Man. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, okay, that's how much I remembered about the Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I couldn't even correct you. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, Jeff Bridges. You, you, sure. know, why, you know why I think I thought it was Jeff Bridges? And it's not, I don't think it was because I confused Iron Man 1 with it. I think it's because Kurt Russell in that movie reminds me of the new Trons, like the... Oh, that's a terrible movie. You shut your mouth. I, I didn't... Uh, um, it's, I know it's not a good movie. I like it for some reason, but I know it's not a very well-done movie. Um, the, the, the CGI Jeff Bridges in that one r reminds me, it's like in my head, that's what Kurt Russell in Guardians 2 looks like. So I'm an idiot. I accept that. Um, all right. Hawks CEO Steve Coonan believes starting the NBA season in December would help ratings. So this is not anything officially happening. The MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference is going on in Boston right now, and that happens every year. And they all these guys come together who are really smart, and they bring up a ton of uh, interesting ideas that they think will help their sports change. Uh, his idea was let's move the NBA season instead of it being August to June it would be December to August, or sorry, October to June. It would be December to August. Um, so the first week of the season would be after the college football regular season ended. And uh, it would only it would only counter the end of the, or it would only go against the end of the NFL season. 
and the bowl games instead of going against the entire NFL and college football season at the start of its at the start of the NBA season. This also then allows it to go deeper into summer, only compete against baseball when you're going up against into your playoffs and into the NBA finals. Um, honestly, looking at it, I'm like, okay. I mean, we don't watch the NBA until December anyway, right? We mm-hmm. always say the unofficial start of the season is Christmas Day because we're all watching football. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that change. I mean, I, as a baseball fan, I, I would, I would dislike having competition for baseball in the summer. But I mean, I also like the NBA, so I mean, okay, cool. That means there's just let, there's more options at that time of year. I, I dig it because you know, baseball still would still get its, you know, last two months of just all the attention being on them, just based on. Uh, playoffs and World Series and end of the season, all that stuff. So that would be good. But man, I'm just thinking about all the franchises that this helps out. Number one being the Portland Trailblazers. It's no secret that we've had a pre- a bit of an issue getting free agents to come here and stay here, right? You know, like even to really come and visit because I think most of them know, man, it's cold, it's wet, it's rainy. Like this isn't somewhere that I really want to spend three years or five years or whatever the case is. However, if you come to Portland in the spring, man, it's a whole different game. Like this, this place just looks different. The reason we were so excited about the feels Blazers different. feels different. The reason we were so excited about the playoffs this past year is because, man, the Blazers were playing until May. You know what I mean? They were playing significant basketball until May, and there was a buzz around the city. Imagine the basketball going all the way until June here. You know what I mean? Like in the well, nice keep, weather, you'd keep going. No, I mean, well, I mean, so it, I think so. Playoffs, you need two months for playoffs, right? So, you know, if it's so let's just say it ends in June, starts in, you know, playoffs end in August and everything yeah. like that. You got your champion, man, you've got significant basketball right around the time of Rose Festival, around the time of some of the things that the really cool things that are going on around here. And then you're able to bring free agents in here and say, man, let's I'm coming to Portland in in April and and May. And it's beautiful here, man. I didn't know it was so nice here. Absolutely. I'll come back and stay here like. That's just one of those things. I think it opens things up because I always, I've been saying this for years. If basketball were a spring and summer sport, Portland would have no issues getting free agents. Are you, do you actually think that for sure? Absolutely. Because I, we've had this conversation on the show in the past. I think a lot of it is that Portland is such a, a white city that a lot of the NBA players don't feel like they want to be here because they wouldn't fit in or they wouldn't have a place to go. It's, you listen, know? They, they, people want to kick it at the end of the day. And to be real, Portland's a cool. If you know where you at, and know, and especially if you have resources, money, like some of these, that man, no, Portland is cool. It, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Portland is a cool spot to be. I know I'm relatively broke, and I can find some pretty cool things to do here. Especially when that sun comes out, there's day parties and things to do, and there's cool places. I just remember but, having that you know, conversation with you. Is is that you know when an NBA player comes here, no, and they either a they're going to live in Tualatin because that's where the practice facility is, yes, or they live downtown. There's not there's not a large community of people that they want to spend time with that's e- or at least easily accessible. Yeah. There's not, I mean, as Maybe far as a better way to put as it, as far as like having like, you know, other black millionaires around for them. No, there's right. not a whole, whole lot of them here in Portland. That's why they kick it with each other for the most part, because they're the other you know upper echelon of, of, you know, celebrity here in town. So that's why they kind of kick it with each other, man. However, if there is stuff to do and if the, I don't want to come here, if it's raining and it's wet there's one five-star hotel. Like, I'm not trying to be here. I'm trying to I'm, – I'm going somewhere else. We hear all the time about guys coming to Portland, then, man, we're going to Vegas for the night. Or we're going to we're going to California early. We're not trying to stay here because Portland is lame and it's raining and everything. But if if things were different and do it in spring and summer, I feel like things would be 
totally, totally different. Also, that would help out the uh, the NBA as far as not competing uh, for ratings for two months with football. You know, you you come the basketball season starts in October, which is really the thick of the NFL season. Nobody's watching the NBA at that point. You know, so yeah, go ahead and t- put it to the unofficial start of basketball, which is what you said Christmas is. Man, start the games right around there, the 20th, 20th through, you know, 25th of, of December, and then you can have a whole season from there. I think it's awesome. I think they should, you know, really end up doing something like that. And then it takes away from that whole dog days of summer, that whole no sports, no real sports. I know we talk about baseball and everyone, Excuse you know. Excuse me. But no one outside of outside of you and Patrick Harris, no one is really checking for baseball uh, uh, like no, that. That's wrong. Maybe a lot of people want baseball in Portland. Maybe Dusty, but he's an Astros fan right so now. Cheater, so yeah, so we'll see. You know, maybe uh, hey, Dirt because he's hey. a – Maybe San Isaac, fan? maybe Suke, because they're Royals and Mets fans. Everyone is a baseball fan. Not, nobody's a big, big a baseball fan as you, and we can all agree on that. That's is that fine. fair? Yeah, I am a diehard baseball fan, but don't you don't you tear it's tell true. me that in the dog there's nothing. It's to true. Watch that's why they call it. That's why NFL or excuse me, ESPN does stuff like who's the Mount Rushmore of of sports because they don't nobody wants to watch well, three hours watch, of baseball. I don't highlights. watch ESPN. I watch MLB Network. <laughs> okay. That's because cool. Because I want three hours of baseball highlights and talk. Thank you very you much. You and Patrick are the only ones watching. I don't need to see the M- Mount Rushmore MLB on Network. ESPN because I've seen the Mount Rushmore on ESPN. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, you, I'm watching MLB Network right now. Have you noticed? Like that's when usually baseball season is when they do all the weird countdowns and the weird because there's nothing else to watch. It's true. So I don't, I don't appreciate this way. I, I feel attacked. This way we're all. I don't mean to attack you. So I'm triggered. Yeah. This way. Yeah. We don't want that to happen. Man, you should write a, a strong letter to Intercom telling them that I've triggered you. But no. So I think this is a great idea. And also, man, dear <laughs> Mister Intercom Corporate. <laughs> so I, mean, I think until Rashad baseball comes here, Taylor has triggered. So me. so listen. There's two Rashad Taylors. I, know I didn't know this. I know that. So you got to be mindful of which one that you're actually the talking Rashad about. Rashad Taylor stole which is your HR su- login by accident. Which is super random. There's another Rashad Taylor that just happens to work for, yeah. number one, it's not an incredibly common well, name. you know what? There's another Mike Lynch that works for Intercom now as well. See, Mike is a really common name. How many Rashads do you know that aren't me? Uh, Like one. I know like seven Mikes. Yeah. You know. I. But he, he started working for Intercom when the CBS merger happened. And his email is like is different than mine, but because I'm the original Mike Lynch at Intercom, all of his emails come to me, and I had to start emailing everybody in Minnesota back. Like, this is not the person you're talking to. Please stop emailing. Do you me. still have his uh, login stuff? We should, we should change his. Uh... No, I don't have his login oh, stuff. We should change his. The funny thing is that when he first joined, he started setting up some stuff with that email, and I started getting emails like, "Welcome to this, welcome to that," and I was like, "What is happening?" Like Pornhub premium premium and stuff. No, it wasn't, but uh, maybe at some point. And I, I actually found, I was like, who is this person? And I found out that there was a guy named Mike Lynch in radio. And I was like, I emailed his personal email. Like, can you like stop, please? Like, if you like, that's you, this is not your email address. <laughs> it's not, how it, it's not how it works. Uh, anyway, I digress. Baseball is great. And you, uh, you, you shut your well, until we get baseball, love and mouth until we get baseball here in town, which I think will be in the summertime, the biggest ticket that you can find true uh, until they get that here in town. I, man, please, I would absolutely love basketball to be here in Portland from Ju- uh, June, July. That'd be great. I think, I mean, yeah, it would just add more more events to do in the summer, too. More things that you can go do and then think about how, how much more motivation there would be to build up the Rose Garden or the Rose Quarter because it's not raining all the time. You can actually be outside doing there things. There you go. 
Uh, all right, let's move on. Hate it or love it is next. Jesse has Sports Center first. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. We are uh, we're back to old habits this week. We've been very good lately of being on time. We're not on time. Yeah, I mean, you know, Dude, it's it happens. 10, it's ten thirty nine. It it happens. It's all good, man. <laughs> the, the 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 fans I mean, listening, I they think, understand. They know us. I know, but I, I've been trying a little bit. A little bit. I haven't been really trying, but like every time it happens, I'm like, good job, you. Is Boss Man ever on your head about it? No. Okay. Then we're good. I, he's, I'll, he's on I'll Isaac's head about it. I, I know that I really threw a wrench in the Taysom Hill topic there and probably extended it at, uh, you know, probably an extra four or five minutes. Well, so I'll the take the, blame if you the want. conversations are just too good sometimes. We just, well, it feels weird to stop it. Bad producer. <laughs> I will say for that segment, that was your fault, Jesse, but I have control over the clock. I, I can say, hey, 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 hey. We'll get to it next. But I didn't. Yeah. I just yeah. kind of let it happen. I mean, as a producer, though, I should have been like, oh, we're on the clock, you know. Don't go so, into a five-minute rant yeah, about Taysom Hill. Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll I'll throw my body on that grenade. No problem. Well, I mean, if you're going to, okay. Jeff, it was Jesse's fault the entire time. I wanted to be on time. That's right. If this segment's not going to be either because we're just starting. But, I'm okay. Uh, you know. I'm okay. Take your time. <laughs> All right. I think I'm on like a four-game losing streak. So what, what do we got today, Jesse? You are on a four-game losing yeah, streak. Yeah, it's, not been, it's mm. not been great. Well. Not been great. All right. Uh, not, well, you know, you know what always great. seems to make it into our Would you our like to ask me a Yankees question, Jesse? Uh, no, I will oh, not. It's, it's a, no, it's all <laughs> NFL all the time. You know what I'm saying? I haven't. I mean, we had the little Taysom Hill conversation. That's been like Blazers and like coronavirus outbreak stuff, like in baseball talk. What? Really? Welcome to April. Or what is it? March? What month is it? Uh, where's the XFL conversation? I want to know where the. Let's where's hear the it. XFL no. conversation. Let's the hear XFL it. conversation is in your updates. That's where it stays. All right. Well, at least there gets some XFL on the show. Uh, all right. Okay, so Tom Brady always seems to be making it into the show. Just the rumors continue to spiral, and, and the disconnect between him and New England continues to grow. Uh, now we're starting to hear, you know, a little bit of momentum for his connection to the Bay Area where he grew up, and uh, San Francisco 49ers maybe looking for a guy to take him over the top and get that Super Bowl. Uh, but that would also probably mean them moving on from Jimmy G. Love or hate, 49ers would regret moving on from Jimmy G for Tom Brady when it all comes oh, down to that the is, That is a hard love for me. I saw this report, and first of all, I think this report was more for clicks than for any sort of reality. I even saw the guy say on a Barstool podcast, he goes, hey, clicks are the way the world goes around. Um, you just made the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo and almost won it if he had completed one pass to Emmanuel Sanders down the middle. You would have won that Super Bowl. Sorry. Hey, I've only been talking for five seconds. Um, Tom Brady is 42 effing years old, and last year showed you that finally time is catching up to him. His arm strength isn't as good. He's starting to throw a little bit more of the ducks. 
Uh, he looks more like Peyton Manning at the end. He's better than Peyton Manning at the end of throwing because he doesn't have nerve damage, but he's starting to look that way. Um, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is that great, but you made the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. You don't need to go get Tom Brady to win it. You can win it with Jimmy Garoppolo if he makes one or two different passes or if your defense makes one or two stops at the end of the game. You're already set. And Jimmy Garoppolo is young and he's controllable and he makes less money than Tom Brady's going to ask for because Brady's asking for way too much money at this point in his career. Um, it would give you a chance to win one Super Bowl quickly, but I don't even think Tom Brady would get you to that point. It would be more of a name thing than an actual skill-based thing at this point. I think Garoppolo is a, gives you a better chance to win the Super Bowl. So I love that they would regret moving on from Jimmy G. Well, um, I, I love that they'll regret moving on from Jimmy G because, again, you have a guy that's been a lot younger than Tom Brady. Jimmy Garoppolo is here at 20. Five, I think he is right now. And Tom Brady is uh, approaching 43 here uh, within the next season. So that's one thing. Also, we forget. Jimmy G is 28. Jimmy, excuse me, Jimmy, 28. Either way, still almost 14, 15 years younger than Tom Brady. So that's that's something to be said there. But also, the one thing we don't say is Jimmy Garoppolo has a $137 million uh, contract that he still that they just signed what was it two years ago or last year uh, for the 49ers so that might be an issue as far, as far as trying to move him because I think most of us saw Garoppolo isn't the player that I think a lot of us thought that he would be when he was in New England but he is a still very good player because again like you said he was able to take his team all the way to the Super Bowl man Tom is old the ball doesn't come out the same the, the list of receivers, uh, it's probably it's about the same or comparable to what he had in New England. Emmanuel Sanders is the one part that's like, okay, that's probably a new piece that you didn't really have until uh, after, you know, Antonio Brown. But because Brady is from the area, I could see it happening. But then that means possibly trading Jimmy G back to the Patriots, which I think Belichick absolutely wants. But, yeah, I don't see that absolutely happen, actually happening. Again, clickbait, because uh, when you got a guy you're paying 100, $137 million to, I don't think you just let him go like that. Man, could you imagine how you would feel like, get, like John Lynch just got schooled by Bill Belichick if they signed and traded Tom Brady for Jimmy G? Like, oh, my God. That would just be like, oh, man, all these things that you did, John Lynch. Okay, moving on. Um uh, we I brought this up uh, with you guys during the break. Uh, the NFLPA, uh, if they shoot down this uh, this uh, contract that uh, they are negotiating right now, which will go through 2030, so it'd be a 10-year contract. Uh, the the owners might actually be hoping that they shoot this contract down, as some hoping that they could maybe move it up to an 18-game season. Love or hate, the NFLPA will shoot down the current offer and owners will end up with the deal they really want, an 18-game season. Hey, um, I think the players, after they hear, they're already, some of them are kind of pissed already about having a 17-game season on the on the uh on the board now possibly having 18 games is almost like a it almost kind of feels like a big f you from the owners oh you didn't like 17 games well listen to what your counter offer is going to be which is going to be 18 games which is going to force the players to agree on 17 games so either way the owners are getting exactly what they want the players are still sacrificing in this in this instance because you're, again you're talking about running the risk uh risk of injuries now you're talking about man uh possibly not putting out the best product on the field every single Sunday. Now, you know, and I don't think they're talking about increasing 
the rosters any more than I think it was what four guys, eight guys or something like that. So they should have a college football roster of at least 70 guys. And I think that will kind of minimize on a lot of the the injuries that a lot of these guys kind of go through. But no, the, the NFL, the owners thought they were slick by putting in uh, the new offer, which the new offer just happens to be more games, which is going to force the players, I think, to settle on the 17 games because at least it's let, not 18. Uh, I also hate it because I think most of the players that are voting are players who make closer to the league minimum and they want to make an extra game check and they want to be able to do they, they get a lot of benefits from what this new CBA is where the veteran players who are saying no to it are, are saying I don't want to hurt my body more I, I have a lot of value here look at all the money I'm making I don't need to make an extra game check that's not even going to be my full game check anyway um, but I think there's a larger percentage of the players that are not that way that are voting on it. Um, I also think that a lot of the players look at this and realize this is probably the best deal the owners are going to give them. It's not a great deal for them. I don't think it's a great deal, but it's better than the 18-game schedule. It's better than whatever else they're going to try to throw into one if the if the players do vote now. Um, this is all a game, and the players don't have a lot of power. The owners obviously have the power, but right now they have a choice to accept a partial compromise instead of getting absolutely raked over the coals with a new, a new deal. So I will say hate. All right, moving on. Um, ooh, do you want a uh, Yankees question? Yes. Uh, Wrestling Yankees. question? No, it's it's all it's WWE? all WWE. I told you already. It's all NFL. UFC. Okay. Uh, no. Uh, Aaron judges are injury. Do, do you want like a draft question or a uh, who's better question? Who's better? All right. Uh, uh, what, what, what about Mike Lynch? Was <laughs> Fine. Fine. All right. So who's better? All right. Uh, so uh, this last week, we saw Melvin Gordon officially uh, come out and say, I am moving on from the L.A. Chargers. Didn't say San Diego, by the way. And uh, then we saw the Chargers in a corresponding move uh, sign Austin Eckler to a four-year deal. Love or hate, Austin Eckler will be a better running back than Melvin Gordon moving on. Oh, Dude, love. Oh, dude, love. Hey, I'm, I I love Austin Eckler. Um, first of all, Melvin Gordon. Ask him to marry you then. First of all, Melvin Gordon, since the injury and since the holdout, has not been the same Melvin Gordon. Uh, two years ago, he was very good. Last year, it started to fade, and we know with running backs how fickle that position is, especially when you're a physical runner, how quickly you, your body can break down. Austin Eckler does everything, though. He's an amazing pass catcher. Obviously, that's been his strength in the, in the Chargers offense the last few years. But when he's been in there as a running back, when Melvin Gordon was holding out or Melvin Gordon was hurt, he's been really good. He sees the hole well. He's quick. He's small, so he can kind of get between the, the tackles really well and kind of get into space. And he's fast, so he can break away, too. I mean, he's surprisingly good at the goal line as well. I've seen him come in in goal line sets, and he's scored touchdowns where Melvin Gordon hasn't scored touchdowns because he's quicker than Melvin Gordon was. Um... He's cheaper than Melvin Gordon's going to be. He's less of a headache, and I think he's going to be a great guy. Plus, they're going to mix him in with uh, uh, Jackson, uh, who's the other running back, who's a little bit more of a power back than Eckler is, so it'll work that way, too. So, love. I mean, Eckler, he's great. Uh, man, yeah, I, I have to love it, too. Uh, Austin Eckler is somebody who's uh, really stepped in, especially in the, in the absence of Gordon last year, and really showed how valuable he could be to a team. Um, he came out and really was able to do, uh, like Lynch said, a little bit of everything. Man was able to um, catch balls out of the backfield. Was able to really make plays. Can all can line up like as a as a slot receiver and kind of damage you from there. Like he was a 
and I've used this word already today, but he was kind of a Swiss Army knife for the Chargers. And as if you look at the Chargers and the season they had, he's the one part of the season that was like, okay, well, at least there's some light there. And Melvin Gordon had a lot of people thinking like, okay, well, we don't have much of a, of a franchise now if we don't have the star running back. And then you get Austin Eckler, and it's like, well, Melvin who? Because like Lynch said, man, after that injury, uh, he just wasn't the same guy. His first two years, Melvin Gordon was, man, absolutely phenomenal. But then kind of hit the brakes a little bit. The injury kind of stopped him. And Eckler stepped in and did everything that he was supposed to do. So uh, I love that he's going to be uh, better at this point than uh, what Melvin Gordon's here. Maybe Melvin Gordon just needs to change the scenery. He needs to be somewhere else. That could possibly be uh, the issue. It didn't seem like he and the Chargers really agreed on too, too much. So maybe him going somewhere else and greener pastures will work out. But if you're asking who's a better player right now, I think it's Austin Eckler. All right. Well, we did it before the movie music bed ended, so that's a good sign. Yes. That's a good sign. And our winner today, we're just going to move on to it quite quickly here. Our winner today is Breaking the Streak, Mike Lynch. <laughs> I felt good. To, I like the questions today. I was passionate about the questions today. When I get passionate about them, I feel like I win. You brought it. But I'm not always passionate about the questions. I'm like, eh. I have to have an opinion because it's the segment. But I don't, eh. Today I was. Uh, all right, coming up next. <laughs> We're going to have like two minutes. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Bye. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. The nice thing about winning when you go long is that you don't have to actually do anything because we have to break in like a minute. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, yeah, man. Blazers are going to play again sometimes. Yeah, no, we're not talking not we're, not, we're not we're not talking sports. I'm very sad that I can't hear the music bed for longer, but you know what? That's okay. Um, there is a good NBA game today. Like I said, you got Lakers Clippers at 12:30, so if you're actually into watching sports today, then that's a good one to watch. It's going to be on ABC. Um, other than that, go enjoy your Sundays. Go at go have some good food, drink some good beer, watch TV, relax, get get yourself ready for a work week. Plan to should be fun. If you're working today, uh, enjoy your time off work when you get off. And hopefully you have tomorrow off or Tuesday. Plenty of football to watch today. Just just throwing that out there. Just throwing out that you can watch Cardell Jones, the D.C. Defenders, dominate. I'm there? No. no. It'll be on. I won't be watching it, but it'll be on. It, it exists as a thing that is happening today. It will not be gracing my television screen. I watched my XFL week one that was it all right that's gonna do it for us this week we'll be back next week 9 to 11 sunday morning as we are every single sunday and we will uh, see you then have a very good rest of your weekend everybody omaha 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 this one's for pat okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.